And to Jesus be the praise. And I mean it when I say to Jesus be the praise. I don't just say it to say it. To him be the glory. I'm telling you, there's no one like the Lord. I mean, wow, what the Lord has done in our lives cannot be described in words. He is more than wonderful, more than miraculous. Oh, more than loving, faithful, and gracious. To him be all the praise. Thank you today for joining me for this beautiful teaching. As I conclude, the measure of faith, because we talked about yesterday the gift of faith and the fruit of faith. Today we want to talk about the measure of faith because the realm of faith is so important for us to understand, especially in these days today. So thank you for joining me. You're my wonderful family, and I thank God for you. And Lord, we come today and we ask you for your revelation, for your truth to become so real in our life, so solid in our soul. Make us steadfast in your word, in Jesus' holy and glorious name. I said to the Lord today, I said, Lord, establish your word in me and establish me in your word. I want the word to be established in me and I want to be established in the, in the word of God. So that's, I pray, will become our prayer daily. So. Romans 12.3 is where i like you to go to with me right now, and we're talking about the measure of faith. Now remember, I talked about the gift, and I talked about the fruit. The gift of faith, I used a Christmas tree, how God gives us that gift when we need it, and that gift comes for a reason and a season. But the fruit is like the apple tree. The apple comes from the, from the tree, while the gift does not come from the tree. So a Christmas tr you know, tree does not bear fruit. You get gifts <laughs> you know, under the, the Christmas tree. Or sometimes on the Christmas tree, people put them. But when it comes to a fruit, it's a part of the tree. We talked about all that, so please go and watch it if you have not. But today, we talk about something different. So, Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So the measure of faith is given at salvation. And it is explained in Romans chapter 1. So let's go to Romans chapter 1. You know, these are really important for us to understand because people sometimes don't see the difference between the gift, fruit, and measure. So the gift comes for the miraculous, signs and wonders. The fruit is Jesus through us. So it's the presence of the Lord people see. That's called the fruit of faith. But now we come to the measure of faith, and it's explained in Romans 1. 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's in Habakkuk, of course, chapter 2. So here is salvation is made available to all of us 
who believe, to the Jews and the Gentiles. And this revelation of the gospel comes from faith to faith. Now, what does it mean by from faith to faith? It means that this faith, this matter of faith, begins at salvation. Now it has to grow. It has to continue to grow in salvation until perfection in Christ Jesus. Now let me explain this. Do you know that you and I are in the progress of salvation? People focus on, I was saved, like in my case, 50 years ago. People say, I was saved. Well, frankly, the real truth, and I don't want to shock you, we're not saved fully yet. We're not saved fully yet because we are still progressing in our salvation, meaning our salvation will be complete when we stand before the Lord. So Paul said, we are nearer to our salvation. We are nearer to our salvation than when we started. That's in the epistles. And it's quite true. People focus on the past. Uh-uh. Salvation is past, present, and future. And that's what it means by faith to faith. Our salvation grows. Our faith grows. So this faith begins at salvation. Remember that the Christian life is called the faith. This is our faith. So when we say the faith, we don't mean the gift of faith. The gift of faith is for the supernatural. It's for showing the ability of God. The fruit of faith has to do with the presence of God. Jesus revealing himself through our lives to the world. The fruit of our faith. But the measure of our faith is our salvation as it grows from faith to faith until completion. So it says very, very clearly, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, live has nothing to do with the gift of faith. Live has to do with the measure of faith, the faith that is developing in our salvation. Our salvation is developing from faith to faith. And that word live, the righteous shall live by faith, that word live is everything we do, including living. Everything we do, including living. So this faith then has to be exercised daily. We have to work it continually. Because without this working, growing, without this exercise, um, Sin will re-enter our lives if we don't grow this faith. Because the Bible clearly states, and people sometimes kind of don't get it all clearly, but if you read Romans 14, 23, it says what? It says, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith whatsoever is not a faith is sin, meaning if you're not developing this faith 
salvation, if you're not walking and growing in the faith of salvation, people will go back into, into sin. Sin will re, re-enter their life. So it is this, this developing faith that the scripture says pleases God. That's what pleases God. So Hebrews 11, 6, that faith, that growing faith, pleases God. So God demands that we receive it. God demands we grow it. So the gift, he gives it. The fruit, he cultivates it. I said that yesterday. But the measure, we grow it. Did you get that, sweet people? When it comes to the gift of faith, God gives it. When it comes to the fruit of faith, he cultivates it, his presence in our life. When it comes to the measure of faith, we grow it. It's we, we have a part in this. We, we develop it. How? Well, I think you all should know how. Romans 10, 17. By hearing and receiving the word of God. So faith cometh. And, and when you begin to kind of break it down, when you begin to separate them, it makes more sense when you read the Bible on what faith God is talking about, which faith is the scriptures describing. So in Romans 10, 17, it talks about the faith that has to do with our growth as believers. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I know some may say, well, what is the fruit then all about? Well, you know, I shared some of it yesterday that I think maybe I may want to repeat just a few things about it. The fruit of faith is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Remember in Galatians 5. So um, it's, it's Jesus in our life, basically. It's the character of Jesus out of our hearts. So this is really important that the fruit is the result of you and I abiding in the Lord. Remember when it says in John 15, 5, he that abides in me will bear fruit. What fruit? The fruit of faith. The fruit of faith. So the fruit of faith is that childlike faith that is grounded in Jesus, that's grounded in the Lord. And I gave you some beautiful scriptures about like uh, Psalm 125 verse 1 and Psalm 37 5 and Psalm 56 3 that talks about that that faith develops. Let's just go back to it quickly. I'm talking about about the fruit of faith that develops as a result of the presence of the Lord in our lives. He cultivates his presence. So it says, commit thy way, Psalm 37 5. Commit your way unto the Lord trust in him, he'll bring it to pass. This is not talking about the gift of faith. It's not talking about the measure of faith. It's talking about trusting in the Lord, believing in the Lord, committing your life to the Lord, 
believing in him like Abraham believed in the Lord and God declared him righteous. So believing in the Lord means you trust him with your soul, you trust him with your life. So the fruit of faith has to do with that. It has to do, the, the fruit of faith becomes reality when we abide in the Lord. So it's, it's, uh, it's God the Father who cultivates it. It's God the Father who prunes it. So uh, this is really, really important. The fruit then is the result of Jesus. <clears throat> the gift is the part of Jesus. The fruit is the result of Jesus. It is his presence. Now, so when we talk about the measure, we're talking about what? The word, the word. It grows as we receive the word. The measure of faith comes in at salvation. We grow in that salvation from faith to faith. And now we develop into a man, a woman of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the source of this faith naturally is the father because he is the word. The source is Jesus. He is the word. The source is the Holy Spirit. He is the word. God's word then is the source of this faith because he is the word. So the gift of faith, that has to do with the power of God. The fruit of faith, that has to do with the presence of God. But the measure of faith, that has to do with the word of God. I'm going to repeat it because I'm, I'm saying a lot, I'm sure somebody else is trying to understand. So when it comes to the gift of faith, I'm talking about the power of God. When it, it comes to the fruit of faith, I'm talking about the presence of God in my life and your life. When I talk about the measure of faith, I'm talking about the word of God that I have to receive and grow it. I have to grow it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I have to develop that growing faith. So how do I develop this faith? Well, Proverbs 4 answers that. Let's go to Proverbs 4 and let's look at verse 20. You see the difference, you know. The gift of faith comes for a season and a reason as God uses you. So Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea. That's the, the gift of faith. The fruit of faith, it's that childlike faith that is the presence of the Lord. The measure of faith, that's the word of God developed in my life and your life. So Proverbs chapter 4 tells me about how to develop the measure of faith. It says, my son, verse 20, Proverbs 4, 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. They are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Isn't this powerful? So as I begin to develop that faith, I have to first of all attend. Now, when you read the, the you know, verse 20, it says, attend to my words. Well, what does attend mean? It means pay attention. Attend, pay attention to my word. Um, incline, your ear to 
to my sayings. What does the word inclined means? It means have a teachable attitude. That's what the Hebrew says. So if I want to develop, my goodness, I'm about to shout for joy, but anyways, I'll come, I'll, I'll behave myself because I'm getting excited just thinking about it. So first of all, I have to attend, pay attention. If I want to grow that faith that is my salvation, I have to attend, I have to be attentive, I have to pay attention. Number two, incline your ear unto my saying, I, I must have a teachable attitude. Then it says what? It says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Wow. Let them not depart, meaning stay focused. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Stay focused. And then it says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. What does that mean? It means meditate on them. Keep the word as the center of your life through meditation. So the word of God grows in me and grows in you. Number one, when I pay attention to what I'm reading. Number two, I have a teachable heart, a teachable attitude. Number three, I'm focused, completely focused. That's what it means by let them not depart from thine eyes, focused. And number four, it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life unto those who find them. How do I keep them in the, in the middle of my heart? Meditate. I have to meditate on them. They become the center of my life and the center of your life. So as we follow these four directions, faith will come. And so when the word comes, remember now we just read, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. How? How does faith come? Well, I just read it. Attention, teachable attitude, focus, meditate. That's how it comes. So Romans 10, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How? How does it come? Remember what I'm telling you. Pay attention to the word, have a teachable heart, stay focused on the Bible, meditate, make it the center of your being. Now the word will come and it'll grow. And as the word begins to come and grow, the logos turns to Rema. The written word becomes the living word in you. God now begins to speak to you. You know, I'm sharing with you a secret because a lot of people have died prematurely for confessing the logos, not waiting for it to become rema. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, and then they're dead. Or they confess something that never happens because they haven't done it properly. They haven't followed Proverbs 20. They haven't done it properly. They, 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 they didn't pay attention. They didn't have a, a teachable heart. They didn't focus. They didn't meditate. So the word really never came into their heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. 
their life unto those who find them. It was all mental. Mental word will produce nothing because mental word is logos. Heart word is rhema. Meditation turns logos into rhema. Meditation turns logos into rhema. I was reading Leviticus today. I read chapter 15 till about chapter 23. There's a lot of details in that part of Leviticus. And I was so focused that I can tell you everything I read. Because I was so open and I began to remember what I'm looking at, what I'm reading. It was beautiful. Ah, just so beautiful. You know, you talk about when in Leviticus, uh, it talks about how the high priest on the Day of Atonement had to, had to wash outside the Holy of Holies and then inside the holy place. He had to wash in the court and then he had to court, uh, wash in the holy place. The two washing of the high priest, the two washing of Jesus, the changing of the garments, how Jesus also laid aside his garment of glory and beauty, took upon him a different garment to uh, die for our salvation. You see Jesus in all the beauty of the Day of Atonement. It's so amazing. But meditation, and meditation is not going to happen overnight. You're not going to do it like in one day. It's going to take a long time before you begin to understand. You have to meditate. And you can't meditate if you read chapters. You meditate if you read thoughts. You have to take, take the whole thought of that section of a book and go back and look at what you read and meditate upon what you read. Because you can't really do it if you take the whole Bible. You can't do it if you break it down into pieces that don't match, don't, don't fit. I think the biggest problem we have with our Bible today is the chapters and the verses because when God gave us the word of God, it was just one scroll, you know? So when that Englishman, the Archbishop, uh, British Archbishop years ago, divided the Bible into chapters, he did us all a lot of harm. When another Frenchman divided the Bible into verses, they did us a lot of harm because they broke the word of God into text rather than context. So we, we really need to understand how important it is to, to read the Bible as a thought, like one thought at a time and keep going. And it's so beautiful, so precious when you do it that way. So again, that's what I was just sharing with you from Proverbs 20. That's how you do it. You pay attention, you have a teachable heart, you focus on it, you meditate on it, it'll come. So now, as you hear it, like I said, as you meditate upon it, it becomes rhema. Rhema now becomes eternal. That's why people forget what they read because what happens is it's all mental. They forget about it. When you meditate, it becomes rhema. It's there for the rest of, you, of your life. And now because it's spirit, like Jesus said in John 6, my word is spirit. When the word becomes spirit, now the Holy Spirit begins to literally use that in your life. And, and eternity comes into your human experience. Eternity comes into your daily life. Eternity comes into your daily walk on earth. Isn't that amazing? That the rhema word of God brings eternity into my walk, my experience, my human life. Wow. So rhema basically 
makes logos very personal. I'm going to say that again because I just said a loaded thing here. It's gold. Rema makes logos personal. Now it's for me. I'm not just reading about someone else. It's for me. I've said a lot yesterday and today about the Word of God, and I want to take time to pray with you. Lord, let them grow in it. Let them grow mightily in it, in Jesus' holy name, Lord. That your word will become their life and give them life. It's life unto those that find the word and health to all their flesh. I pray that for them in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now listen, I want you to give me your attention for the next few moments. And don't leave me. We are on the verge the world is on the verge, possibly of a very serious war between Russia and the Ukraine. I've been talking about this for days. It's probably days away, some say, and it could cause tremendous chaos in that part of the world and tremendous changes to the world as we know it because once Russia invades, whatever amount of territory they will invade, if the West, NATO, the US do nothing to stop them, it will, it will strengthen people like North Korea, nations like North Korea and Iran and others to fulfill what they want to do in their part of the world. So it's going to be very, uh, uh, very amazing, I think, to us believers to, to watch prophecy now is going to accelerate even higher. With this prophetic acceleration, it's going to affect Israel massively. You're going to pay, pay, pay attention to what happens in Israel and with Israel in the next few days, weeks, and months especially after that war happens, because Russia is very involved in, in Syria, with Iran, with Turkey, even with Israel. There's a lot of connections with them. So it's gonna affect China, it's gonna affect a lot of different nations, but it's gonna affect mainly Israel in a big, big way, which means a lot of prophecies are gonna start uh, being, how shall I say, intensified. And that brings us to where you and I will stand. We have to become extremely strong word people, more than ever in our life. Because the changes the war is gonna cause will not only be politically, will, on, will not only be militarily, they'll also be economically. Economic changes will come to the world as a result of this. It could, it could crash the market. It could change the way people look at the future financially. It could, it, could mean, it could mean a change in the way nations deal with each other and Russia's uh, future uh, empowerment as a leading nation. No doubt it's gonna happen. 
it's in the Bible, the U.S. is losing its place in foreign policy, in foreign affairs, and Russia is gaining, quite simple, and so is China. So that could change a lot with the way people look at the dollar, the way people look at finance in general worldwide. So this is not the time to hold back from God. This is not the time to stop praying, reading the word, and giving. Giving, I think now, becomes way more important than even a week ago. Giving is gonna become more important to you and me as believers than it, it was in the past because as we see these things happening, the Lord told us exactly what to do. Not only are we to look up, but we're to occupy till he comes. And, and to occupy, not just means preach the gospel and be steadfast in the word of God. It also means give for the gospel. Promote the cause of Christ. You know, God is magnified when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous cause. So Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom and God's righteousness, or as one translation says, righteous cause, which is the gospel. And all these things will be what? Added unto you. So we're going to see a time of tremendous surplus. I believe the wealth of the, of the wicked is next, literally around the corner from being transferred to the, to the righteous in the church. I'm, I'm very ser serious about this because God gave the wealth of Egypt to Israel right, be, right before departure. And I believe right before the rapture, God is going to trust a lot of you sweet people with the wealth of the wicked to finance the last day move of God, the last day harvest that's going to happen very quickly because God said he'll do a quick work in the last days. So this is the time to really give with a lot of faith, wrapping our seed with tremendous, tremendous faith. This is not the time to weaken in any area, especially in the word of God. So Lord, bless them as they obey you. Increase them, Lord, in every way. Spiritually, bless them greatly, Lord. Bless them in every way with health in their body, with peace in their life, and prosperity in their present and future. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen. All right. Go ahead and sow your seed today. You can do it right now by going to the uh, sowing right there on the platform you're watching me on. Or you can go to our website, bennyhin.org. Or you, you can simply text it, BHM45777. And watch what God will do with you. It's going to be wonderful. And listen, send me your prayer requests. This is the time really for us to pray for each other. Send me your prayer re re request. Pastor Benny at BennyHinn.org. That's the email. Pastor Benny at BennyHinn.org. All right. I'll see you tomorrow with you. I'll be with you tomorrow, Saturday. Just to encourage you and to strengthen you and to bless you. I'll be there with you for a much shorter time than, than today. All right. Much love. Have a blessed weekend. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.